Thank you for joining Women Inseparable for the study In His Likeness. May we grow in our ability to see others and ourselves in His likeness. Here's author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. We get to conclude with one single word. Anybody look in their, their study guides before today? We talked about the character of God, of Jesus Christ, of the Holy Spirit. We went through humans of the disciples, of men, of women, of children. How precious was our study on children. That was precious to my heart. We get to do in his likeness, and we get to focus on you today. As we focus on the word you we're going to read John chapter 17. I would love to read the entire chapter. We're not time, we're not going to, but if we can open with a personal challenge of read John 17. If I can deepen your challenge, can I even encourage you to get in a position of adoration before God, whatever that position looks like for you. I. I cling to what my pastor was saying on Sunday. I loved hearing him say that when you think about the bigness of God, the natural response is to fall on your face before him. That was a powerful conclusion that we see throughout scripture from the pillars of the men of God in scripture, see a glimpse of God and they fall before him. My, my personal challenge for you is to open up John 17 and get in a position of awe as you listen to Jesus's prayer in John 17. We are going to start in verse nine after we pray, um, but do spend time reading the whole prayer sometime this week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Father, thank you. Thank you for everything. I know that's such a big statement with no specifics, but I'm overwhelmed. It's hard to pour out a list when everything that's sitting before me right now is such an abundant gift from you. I thank you for creating us. I thank you for loving the world so desperately that you sent your son so that we could have eternal life. I thank you for filling us in a room within a church, within a city, for filling us with women that love you, Father God, who've received your savior, your son as their savior. I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this room, in this group, within the hearts of the women in this room. I thank you, Father God, for everything. I thank you for the breath in our lungs. I thank you for the shoes on our feet. I thank you. Father God, for everything. I pray that you'll be with us as we open up the word of God. I pray for John 17, Lord Jesus. I pray that your prayer will be as powerful today as it is every day, as it is every moment, as it is in every heart of the one that believes in you. Jesus, your prayer is so powerful. It's so timeless and there's no boundary. I thank you so much for the freedom that is in your prayer. I pray that you'll give your word today. I pray that you'll silence me, set me aside. I pray that you'll help us to do scripture and scripture alone. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. John 17. Again, as we read John 17, will you remember the three little letters of the word you? This is how we're going to conclude our study today. John 17, verse 9. It says, I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. 
three questions, three questions to start on this one verse that you can take into your time alone with the Lord. And every time your head wants to wander, every time your thoughts want to wander, go back to these three questions and reread and reread and reread and reread. Listen to the audio on your phone. Listen to your voice. Read these out loud. Listen to the very voice of God as you read these words. Three questions. One, who is praying? It's the first question. Do you want to answer it? Jesus. We know this, the, this is going to be the same exact answer the whole way through John 17. So there's not going to be a trick. You're not going to get confused or not sure if you've got the right answer. The answer is always Jesus. So as you go through John 17 this week and you spend time in it and you want to get recaptured back into what you're reading, sometimes we read the word of God and our head goes somewhere else. Have you ever noticed that? And you're like, wait, where'd you go? Let's come back here with scripture. Reset your head with the question, who is praying? And answer your question out loud. The answer is Jesus. Makes you stop, doesn't it? These are the very words of your Savior, Jesus. That's powerful. Question number two, who is Jesus praying to? There's different ways we can answer that, but it's all the same answer. He's talking to his father. He's talking to your father. He's talking to God. And that's going to be the same answer throughout this whole chapter. Who is praying? Jesus. Who is he praying to? God. Third question, who is he praying for? Love how personal we can take this. These prayers are being prayed by Jesus Christ, made in the likeness of man, right? But filled with the likeness of God, praying to God, the creator of all, all things, the one who loved the world so much that he gave his son so that you will not perish, but that you will have eternal life. Jesus is praying to God for you. I love talking to people that have a powerful prayer life. Don't you? It's an amazing thing to sit and hear somebody pray. It's an amazing thing. To sit and hear somebody pray, knowing that that person is praying to God before the throne of God, and that person is praying for me. That's a humbling thing. I had this happen to me last year for health issues. I had people around me praying for me. That's powerful. God answers prayers. God heals. God hears. God loves. God cares for. Here, Jesus Christ is the one praying for you. Do you think God is hearing the words Jesus is praying? Do you think Jesus is praying in the way that Paul instructs us to pray, to pray without ceasing, to pray believing, to cast your prayers before the throne of God, to know that what I pray to God, God will hear, God will answer. Do you think Jesus is praying in that fashion? I'm going to have to say yes. I'm going to have to say that every word Jesus is saying in this prayer, Jesus believes 1,000% that God is going to hear an answer, that Jesus is praying in such confidence, such certainty that as I, Jesus Christ, am saying these words to my father, that my father is hearing these words and is answering them as I speak. This is the power in which Jesus is praying. This is the power in which Jesus is praying for you today, right now, as you are where you are in your chair, in your season, in your flesh, in your place, in your reality. These prayers are in, they're timeless. 
They're timeless, which means the prayer that you needed Jesus to pray over you yesterday is going to be different than the prayer that Jesus is going to pray over you today. And Jesus knows that and God hears that and the spirit is doing what the spirit is always doing. And you just get to bask in it. Oh, that will bask in Jesus's prayer. Can we do that? John 17, verse 9. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, prays these words. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world. Do you hear John 3, 16? He knows the depths of the love of his Father. But Jesus says there's a separation right here. I am not praying for the world, but I want to be specific. I want to pray for those whom you, Father God, have given to me, for they are yours. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, says these words in verse 10. He says, all mine, Father God, are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Do you see, sweet friend, who you are? Verse 11, our Savior says these words, and I am no longer in the world, but they are. As you are where you are, do you see where you are? He says, I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. They are. And I, and I am coming to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the very name which you have given me that they may be one, that they may be one, even as we are one. Do you see who you are? You hear the phrase, you say the phrase, as I am, where I am. This verse right here answers the depth of who you are, where you are. Who you are is one in the Father, one in the Son, one in the Spirit. You are one with God. You're like, I don't have enough pride in me to say that sentence good because pride has no room here. It's full humility. It's, it's pure awe that you get to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And in your belief in Jesus Christ, you are now made one with God. And Jesus is in you and his spirit uh, is in you and you are classified according to Jesus Christ, the son of God. You are classified as one with God. You are righteous. How humbling is that statement? How empowering in a beautiful way is that statement? Does your confidence stand a little bit taller in the face of that issue that is sitting before you? That heartbreak that is sitting before you get to stand and say, I am, I am one. And that thing, that situation, that relationship, that health, that world thing is not mine. That is not me. That is not in me. I'm not even in the world anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And my Savior who died on the cross for me, who took my sin for me, who buried the sin for me, who rose again for me, who has given me life eternal, who's given me life eternal that starts today, he is stronger than that. And my Jesus is praying for that. And I, I'm going to just bask in his prayer. That's what I'm going to do. Jesus says, I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. 
And I'm coming to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given to me, that they may be one, even as we are one. Jesus Christ in the flesh prays these words to his father who is in heaven. And he says these words, while I was with them, I kept them in your name. The very name which you have given to me, I have guarded them. Can you even imagine what James is feeling right now as Jesus is praying these words over James? Can you feel what Peter is feeling, what Matthew is feeling as Jesus is praying over them at this very moment? I have a feeling we, we know what that feeling feels like. I have guarded them and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. It's fascinating. And I, I let's stay here. I'm not going to talk about Judas right now. Verse 13, he says, but now Jesus Christ says, but now I am coming to you. Who is Jesus praying to? God. He says, but now I am coming to you. And these things I speak in the world. Do you hear Jesus say his prayer when he teaches the disciples how to pray. And he says, my father, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's praying heavenly prayers for us while we're still on earth. Because while we're living on earth, we get to live the existence of heaven while on earth. And you're like, but that's so hard to wrap my head around because the world is so gross. Yes, the world is gross, but you are not. God is not, Jesus is not, the spirit is not, and you are one with what's right, for you are righteous. Look how powerful that is. Look at what Jesus says about that. He says in verse 13, but now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Do you see the joy of the Lord? You say, where does that phrase come from? It comes from this. I have given them your word. Look at all that Jesus has given to you. I have given them your word, Father God, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. See how he identifies you as himself? And I say this in such awe that Jesus looks at you, looks at me with such admiration of, this is my sister. And Father God, I'm praying for my sister. When this is prayed over the men, the men can say, well, I'm the brother of Jesus Christ. But as women inseparable, we kind of cling things and make things a little girly because that's a, you know, who we are. We are therefore women, but we are sisters of Jesus Christ, daughters of God who are still in the world, but not of the world. And we must, we must be says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. He continues, and Jesus Christ continues and prays these words, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. Sweet friend, I don't know who needs to hear this, 
but there are seasons in our life that the words that come out of our mouth is just take me now. I, I can't even, I can't even one more day, one more thought, one more moment, one more news, one more, I just can't, I just can't. Whoever it is in this room or in this, in this study that hears these words, will you cling to this prayer of your Savior, Jesus Christ? He says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. Jesus is asking for your existence and your purpose to continue by the protection of Father God. And here's why. He says, don't take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. In verse 17, Jesus Christ prays to God the Father over you, sweet friend. And he says, sanctify them. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. You, Father God, sanctify them. And we as Christians, some of us as Christian women who have been Christians for a couple of decades, have heard the Christian word of sanctification. And we strive day after day, season after season, decade after decade to sanctify ourselves. And we want to be good and we want to be holy and we want to be pure and we want to be right. And we, we try so hard to be sanctified. Have you been there? Can I give you freedom from that? According to the prayers of your Savior, Jesus Christ, who is praying? Who is he praying to? What is he saying right here? He's saying, God, sanctify them. You do not have to sanctify yourself. God sanctifies. You bask in his prayer. When we try to sanctify ourselves, we get tired, we get exhausted, we judge ourselves, we put ourselves down, we give open door for Satan to come in and be like, I know I'm rotten, I'm the worst, I'm a sinner. And we spiral down because we try so hard to sanctify ourselves. But Jesus says, Father God, will you sanctify them? You know what that means? Will you set them apart so they can live a life for you? Father God, will you set her aside so she can live a life for you? Father God, will you set Jacqueline aside so that Jacqueline can live a life for you? Will you put in your name? Father God, will you set her aside so that she can live a life for you? Who is doing all the work? God. You, you bask. When God says go, you go. When God says stop, you stop. When God says rest, you rest. When God says jump, you jump. When God says sing, you sing. God has not told me to sing. <laughs> God's good. He, he's ever gracious. He says, Father God, sanctify them, sanctify them in the truth. And then there's a powerful phrase that I have been stuck on and I'm not going to say anything because I'm literally like my heart is stuck on it. Then I'm going to continue letting my word, my heart ponder this. And if you want to join me on that, join me on this. But he leaves four little words and he says, your word, Father God, you, your word is truth. I'm stuck on that. My heart can't get past that, and I have no words for this. 
It's not a capital W. This is not John 1, where it's talking about Jesus Christ is the word that came and lived among us. This is lowercase w. This is the word of God is truth. I'm stuck on what is the word? What are the words of God that are truth? This is where my heart is. Verse 18, Jesus says, as you sent me into the world, as you sent me, Father God, into the world, so I have sent them into the world. To that heart that is saying, I just can't even anymore. I don't know my place. I don't know my purpose. I don't know my why. I just don't know. I just can't anymore. Jesus Christ is praying to his father, to your father right now saying, Father God, protect them from evil. And just as you sent me into the world, I send them with purpose, with power, with a reason, with a hope, with a why, with a joy, with a love, with a everything. Sweet friend that can't do it anymore, don't do it anymore. Bask, let God. Just let God hear the prayers of Jesus Christ and find comfort in that. Find strength in that. Whatever it is that you are needing, I guarantee, I guarantee according to scripture, you will get what you need. That's how big your God is. You have purpose. May I say that again? Daughter of God, you have purpose. Write that on your mirror, on your hand, on your car, not on the outside of your car. You might not enjoy that. You can get a bumper sticker. I have purpose. You have purpose. What is your purpose? Your purpose is to be an answer to Jesus's prayer. That's amazing. Verse 19, our Jesus continues praying to his father, to our father over us. And he says these words, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, for their sake, I consecrate or I sanctify myself. See Jesus doing his work. I'm going to set myself aside for the service of you, Father God, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Jesus says, I have come to do your will, not my will, Father God. Do you hear that prayer in Gethsemane? He says, I have come so that I can be sanctified, so that I can do the sanctification that you've asked me to do. And when I do that, they can be sanctified. Jesus' sanctification allows God to sanctify you. How cool. Verse 20, our Jesus, our ever timeless, ever present Never-ending Savior, Jesus Christ, praise these words to our Father who is in heaven, whose name is holy. And he prays these words over the one who believes that Jesus Christ is risen again. He says this, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. 
He says, Father God, I know these men that are around me, these women that are around me, the disciples that are of me right now in the flesh that are alive today and this day of the Bible being written, being lived, being experienced. I pray for them, but I'm not only praying for them, but I pray for the ones that are going to hear the testimony of me from their words for generation and generation and generation and generation. It's timeless. Sweet friend, have you ever heard from somebody else that Jesus Christ has risen again? That person obeyed. That person received Jesus Christ and told you about Jesus. And somebody told them about Jesus. And somebody told them about Jesus. From this day when Jesus came and said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent, and be saved. Since that day that Jesus Christ came, died on the cross, was buried and rose again, since that day, the same exact message has been proclaimed from one generation to another generation to another generation. Nothing is different. The message is the same. The message is this, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but you will have eternal life. And Jesus says, one day somebody is going to hear from somebody that I am the son of God and that person is going to believe on me and I am praying for that person right now. So for the person that's reading this prayer and saying this is praying for the disciples right then and there, no, uh-uh. Have you believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If your answer is yes, then Jesus Christ, the Son of God in the flesh, is praying to your Father who is in heaven for you. Done. Powerful. That's powerful. Verse 21. Jesus says that they may all be one. Just as you, Father, catch the, the depth of, of Jesus' words, that they, that the ones that are going to believe one day, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, Jesus Christ, and I, Jesus Christ, am in you, Father God, that they, the one who believes in me, will also be in us. That is who you are. That is where you are. You are in the world. You're not of the world. You are in the world as the light of the world, created in the likeness of God, righteous before the throne of God because of your belief in Jesus Christ. And you are one, one with the Father, one with the Son. And the Father is one with you, and the Son is one with you. And you sit there and hear this truth, and you say, it's too big. That is just too big. I can't even, can't even wrap my head around it. Welcome to my study. How good is it to have truths that are way too big to comprehend? I like that. I don't want to be able to comprehend it. One day we will. What a day. What a day that will be. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who has risen again, prays these prayers for you. He says, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. And then he gives us a purpose. 
He gives us a vision. He reminds us to be on earth as it is in heaven. And he says so that the world, the world that God loves so much, the, the reason why I am here, he says, so that world may believe that you, Father God, have sent me, Jesus Christ. Oh, that the world around you, where you are, will receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus is praying for you so that you can be in the world so that the world around you, not the world that you want to go be part of, not the world, well, I need to go travel and be a, I love missionaries. I love missionaries. My very first Bible when I was a little girl, anytime a missionary came to my church, I had asked them to sign. My first Bible is covered with signatures of missionaries. I love missionaries and we get to spend eternity with those that have spread the word of God around the world. Sweet friend, you are in the world where you are. Your house, your neighborhood, your grocery store, your place of employment, your bank, your day at the DMV, your world. Your world is looking for the light of truth. Have you noticed that? Your world, it doesn't matter where you go, you are surrounded by people that are literally seeking the light of truth. This world is seeking truth. It's seeking freedom. It's seeking the answer. My son was just told the other day, I'm learning to see that the Bible has the answers, but I don't know what that really means, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that. Senior in high school said these words. Pray for that senior in high school. He does not know Jesus as his savior. He's trying to figure out who God is. Then he's concluding the Bible will tell him that answer. Everywhere you go, the world is seeking the light of truth. Jesus says, I am praying, Father God, for those who are going to believe in the name of, of Jesus, I pray that they will go, that the world will know that I am the Son of God. What's your purpose? What's your purpose? Jesus. What do I say? Jesus. What else do I say? No. Start there. Proclaim the name of Jesus. Proclaim the name of Jesus. Proclaim the name of Jesus. Always. Always. Somebody asks you a question you don't know the answer. Could it be Jesus? Talk about Jesus. Always and forever, that is your purpose. That is your reason. That is your why. Jesus Christ continues and prays over us in verse 22. He says, the glory, <laughs> the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one, even as we, Father God, remember Jesus is praying, Father God is listening and he's praying for you. He says, the glory that I have given to, to them, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one, even as we are one the glory that you have given to me can we read one verse in second corinthians you're like i want to finish the prayer in john 17 finish the prayer in john 17 second corinthians chapter 3 look at verse 9 and we're going to jump right into the middle of a dialogue so you want a personal challenge this 
just all of Second Corinthians. Like no joke, just push play, go for a walk, push play and listen to Second Corinthians. In the light of everything we've studied these last eight weeks, listen to Second Corinthians. That's a powerful personal challenge. I have done this a couple of times this week. Just go for a walk, push play on your audio, on your version app, and pick different versions, have different readers. I found um, a street reader. That was intriguing. You can pick whatever type of reader you want. You pick your dialogue, pick your version. It'll have a verse, it'll have a voice. And listen to 2 Corinthians and think about God and about Jesus and about the Holy Spirit and about you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, right in the center of this chapter, we look at verse 9 and it says, For if there was glory, in the ministry of condemnation, and this is talking about the law of old, how the law points to condemnation of what not to do, what not to do. And if you do it, there is punishment because the law is solid and there are rules with the law. He says, for if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Do you hear the difference between sinner and and righteous, the ministry of righteousness that came through the blood and the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed the glory of the law. Do you see this? Verse 10, indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. Do you hear Jesus's prayer over you that his glory will be in you? He says that same glory Paul is talking about here in 2 Corinthians, that glory is going to surpass the glory of old, the glory of the law, the glory of the, of the Old Testament. Verse 11, for if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more. Well, what is permanent have glory. Your relationship with God through Jesus Christ is permanent. Stick with that word for a moment. I'm going to close in prayer with that word. There is so much in 2 Corinthians. So much in 2 Corinthians. You are created in the likeness of God. You are one with your savior. The very character of our God is your character. Now live. Father God, oh, we sit in awe of everything that you've given to us. Jesus Christ, thank you for your prayers for us. I pray that our hands are open to receive your prayers, that our hearts are open to hear your words being spoken over us so personally, so intimately, and so powerfully. I pray for, I pray for our women far and wide. I pray for every prayer that is on our heart, every thought that is on our mind, every truth that you, Holy Spirit, are putting within us and on us. I pray that we will have ears to hear. I pray that you'll give us strength to stand in the character of who you are, for you are God and you've created us and loved us and gave your son for us and you've called us yours. You've called us one. I pray that you help us to live 
Oh, Father God, may we live. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We're so glad you joined us today. If you need prayer or simply have questions, email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.